Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think there's a lot of things. I mean, every year it's a lot of new things to work on that you kind of notice, and then a lot of the same same stuff, you know, footwork, um, comfortability in the pocket, pocket presence, all that stuff kind of stays the same as far as you need to work on that. But then just, I think mentally, obviously the game's a little bit different at the NFL level and um, what's on your plate. So just taking this time, especially after surgery, to really prepare um, mentally while I can't physically, and then once I can physically, really, I'm just going to be grinding and getting ready. So just really excited for that challenge. I love learning. Uh, it's, it, that's one of my favorite parts about the game is uh, it's just it's such a fun thing to you know learn a new system and to kind of piece everything together. It's a lot of fun. That is Trevor Lawrence from his pro day today. It was in Clemson, South Carolina, over there, just outside. And Trevor Lawrence now heads to the draft process, and this was it for him. He's got surgery next week. It'll be four to five months of recovery time, rehab, until he's fully cleared. By then, he'll be drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one overall. And uh, then it's uh, Hello Jacksonville and a career with the Jags. I mean, that's the way it's going to go down. But part of the reason we're on the road and coming back from South Carolina, so thanks for joining us. And, uh, again, don't look at the video too much on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. At least don't stare at it because it's a little bit shaky along these South Carolina roads. But part of the reason that we came up is this is it. Like, this is the only event leading up to the draft for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, everything else is going to be kind of behind closed doors, uh, surgery, rehab, and then Zoom interviews, basically. No combine, no other pro days, probably not visits in this climate. Uh, Maybe that happens, but I'm not sure that will happen. So this was a big day for Trevor Lawrence, at least in the process of getting drafted number one overall. Brent Martineau. Uh, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack studios along with Coos on a Friday. Hope you're doing well, having a good week. I know the weather stinks uh, back in Jacksonville. Hope that rain goes away. And talk a little Daytona 500. Stuart Weber will join us. Joey Logano interview with Stuart coming up in, in a minute. I will also hear from Steve Smith in a moment. But I, I wanted to ask you this, Austin. Uh, Urban Meyer told NFL Network and Todd McShay reported it too that he basically – asked Trevor Lawrence to work out. Now, he didn't put it that way. The story is, hey, you got three options. You can wait until March, whatever, and do your pro day and then rehab, but then you're really getting close to the season if you rehab. Number two, you don't have to throw. I mean, you don't have to throw. Uh, And number three, well, if you want, just how about throwing next week? (laughs) Yeah. And so it was basically an Urban Meyer-led suggestion to throw and – Trevor Lawrence said, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And Jordan Palmer said the same thing. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of work, um, a lot of time to work. And you know this, Austin. Guys really prepare for this stuff. When they're going to throw at a pro day, they're going to throw at the combine. I mean, they train for it. They work at it. They, they do specific drills, how it's going to look. And so I, I don't know if that's a headline or a huge part of this for Trevor Lawrence, but the fact that it was on short notice somewhat. I think tells you a little bit about him. You just say, hey, I, I'm confident in my stuff. Let's go do it, and I want to compete. Yeah, listen, when you talk about a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's, you know, obviously the overall, I mean, the the, the I mean, he's, he's the number one pick. I don't want to throw it out there. That it's, no, he's the number one pick. But when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence like that, like, listen, if you're Urban Meyer right now, and you know you're taking Trevor Lawrence, and you've done your due diligence, you've watched the film, you know, you, I'm sure you've talked to him a couple times, but if you're Urban Meyer now, it's about, you know, let's see this guy be uncomfortable. 
Right. I, I would say only having two weeks to throw a football around and, and to prep yourself for this thing, that's being uncomfortable. I would say have your future head coach standing like five yards away from you, watching every single move that you make, <laughs> that's uncomfortable. I would say throwing to receivers that you've never really thrown to before, you have like 10 minutes to warm up and get acclimated to those receivers, that's uncomfortable. I would say throwing with a, you know, with a torn labrum in your opposite shoulder, that could be uncomfortable. So what we saw today was essentially the deck. I mean, for the most part, I'm not, I don't get like over-exaggerated here a little bit because let's be honest. I mean, th- there was a script that and this was meant to showcase the skill set of Trevor Lawrence. But at the end of the day, he had some factors that counted against him. Some of the deck was, st- was stacked against Trevor Lawrence. And we saw how he threw today. We, we saw how he was poised. And now let's go and use some of that verbiage. He had fluidity. He had some good moxie. He had that bend. <laughs> and uh, what was other than I said? What was the first one I said that uh, that McShay said? Long levered. Long Long levered. Long levered. There it is. And he was long levered today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think those are the buzz phrases, no doubt about it. Uh, Let me just ask you real quick, though. Do you think the Urban Meyer kind of suggestions, is that new? Is that surprising to you? Do you take anything from that and the fact that he was front and center? Uh, from a from a coaching standpoint, from doesn't it really double down on the these guys are all in on Trevor Lawrence, they're not even hiding it kind of feel? No, I'm not surprised at all, and I'm not surprised that Urban Meyer also kind of gave him three options of what he wanted to do, right? Like essentially, Urban Meyer before he's even drafted him is kind of planning out the future now. It seems like of Trevor Lawrence, like he's that much of an influence on him already, which is crazy. But I'm not surprised because, like, like I just said, we've seen Trevor Lawrence on film. We've seen him win a national championship. We know what his teammates think about him. We know what his coach thinks about him and Dabble Sweeney. What Urban Meyer has to do now is think, all right, how can this guy handle adversity? What type of leader is this guy? Um, because let's be honest, like, yes, Trevor Lawrence is the front runner right now, as he should be. But, he, I mean, he's going to be in for a whirlwind, his first NFL training camp. Every player is, regardless of where you're drafted. It is different. And this is tre- this is Urban Meyer right now getting an advantage, putting the deck against Trevor Lawrence a little bit and saying, all right, man, let's see what you got. Let's see how you respond. Let me use that information, and let's go from here. All right. I caught up with Steve Smith while at the facility, fortunate enough to uh, uh, ask him, Say, hey, can you can we steal you for a couple of minutes? And he was uh, nice enough to join us. He was inside the building. He saw what happened. But I, I really wanted to see, first of all, what he thought of Trevor Lawrence. And you kind of know what people are going to say, right? I mean, the guy's good. He looked good. It was a pro day thrown against there. That's not too stunning. But I also wanted to see what kind of impact he could have from a receiver point of view. Like, what are guys like DJ Char, Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chenault, Keelan Cole potentially, what are those guys thinking? With the idea of Trevor Lawrence, and keep in mind, those guys pay attention to the college game. They've seen Trevor Lawrence play quite a bit. So here's my conversation with Steve Smith from the NFL Network, former great wide receiver, of course, uh, with the Carolina Panthers and Baltimore Ravens. Caught up with him at the Trevor Lawrence Pro Day. This guy's obviously one of the top prospects we've seen in years. Uh, what's your take on him? No, I don't think he's the one of. He is the top prospect this year. Um, Trevor Lawrence did an excellent job. It was a dress rehearsal, and he blew it out of the water. You talked to some of the scouts, and it was, did did he meet or exceed expectations? Probably, uh, you know, I'm a numbers guy. About 89% of the crew said he exceeded all the expectations. He threw phenomenal, threw excellent ball. He threw about 52 passes. 
maybe two or four passes that were so-so. But listen, uh, you know, nothing against Jacksonville. If his so-so is what it is, you'll, you'll love his so-so because, I mean, it's, it's just it's an upgrade from what you have. I know Gardner Minshew is a, is a competitor. However, it becomes very competitive in that quarterback locker room, uh, in that quarterback meeting room because Trevor Lawrence is the guy that um, if you guys decide to make that pick, you will not be disappointed. I like your numbers, by the way. That's a familiar one. Yeah. Uh, hey, as a receiver, former yeah. receiver, how much excited should guys like DJ Chark and, and anybody on mm. the receiving staff oh, be so, about this guy? Oh, it should be. I mean, these guys are running, you know, uh, I was asked about them and what do I think? I think they're f- fantastic players and then you add a quarterback that can make every throw on the football field where you have two or three wide receivers that can run every route on the route tree it's a great combination and then you have uh robinson who is a your running back who's a hidden gem you put all of those things together and then all of a sudden you wake up you look up and you got a jacksonville jaguar that jaguars that offensively are going to be a surprise and then you have urban myers or uh, you know former uh, University of Utah head coach and Ohio State, he understands how to do things. And I think, you know, just what Urban brings and understanding how to recruit players and understanding how to recruit players for from a college coach to the pros can have his differences. However, Coach Myers understands that you have to get to know the player and also keep the business aspect of it. So I think it's a great combination. And I'll, and I'll be excited to watch how it unfolds and I think it's going to unfold very good and, and, and I think you guys are going to be very surprised how much success you have immediately if you get the opportunity and pull the trigger with Trevor Lawrence. Well, that is Steve Smith and uh, I like talking to Steve Smith and I've done this before at draft days and other events and you never know what you're going to get. Like, I don't know where he's going to come from. Is he going to not like? Is he going to be one of the guys that's not as big on Trevor Lawrence? Or is he going to not like the Jags receiving core? Or is he not going to like the hire of Urban Meyer? He was kind of arrow up on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. And by the way, Austin, did you catch the 89, 89% in there? Uh, of course, Steve Smith wore number 89. Of course, yeah. I was like, I, I turned to Kuz, I'm like, that's very specific what he was saying there. And obviously now it makes sense because that was his number. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. So uh, anyway, rave reviews coming out of there uh, today from Todd McShay, we heard earlier, and also uh, Steve Smith as well. So uh, not a surprise, I think, when it comes to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Hey, we are driving in South Carolina. I think we're still in South Carolina. Seems like you're in South Carolina forever. On our way back from Pro Day, uh, I think our camera might have just gone out, so we'll try to fix that. But that was bound to happen. But speaking of driving, we bring in Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber, who's been in Daytona this week already. Will be there Sunday for the Daytona 500. Knows a little bit about racing. Which... Well, we're kind of losing there, you there, Brent. No, uh, I think he was doing his best transformer. Impression. Is that what it was? Uh, on, on his way, uh, on his way back. I don't know if he's passing Darlington, South Carolina. Ah, That's one of the tracks there up there. I believe at the end of it, I heard him asking if they're going to get the race in. That is correct. Obviously, a big question right now because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Florida, so I have no idea. <laughs> uh, like, it, it, I, mean, I mean, you're you're the residential NASCAR expert here. If you were to guess, what do you think? I can guess about NASCAR. I can't guess yeah. about the weather, especially in Florida. Who, yeah, knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, you got to get the vortex going. That's one of those NASCAR terms. Okay. The idea is that once you start racing, you know, 
it creates a vortex and drives away the clouds. It's not scientific at all. I, I hope not. It's a completely BS thing that they say in the booth. I hope so. But, you know, you get that vortex going. You get the vortex. And away see, you go. See, that's kind of what we're hearing with fast twitch today from Trevor Lawrence. Like, everyone's got their verbiage, and I yep. guess vortex is big in NASCAR. I hope, they, I hope they get the race. And obviously, last year, they had to push it back to a Monday finish. And, uh, you know, you're already down fans as it is. And yeah. when you got to push it back an extra day, you're going to lose more fans because some people have to work Real mm-hmm. real life jobs I you know, you. on the Mondays, and you want to get as many fans in there, and they're going to have 30,000 fans in the stands here this coming Sunday. What is your takeaway so far? Because they have the duels, yep. uh, right? We, we, the, the, the field is essentially set. The order is set. What are some of your takeaways so far from what you've seen from that? Yes, yeah, starting lineup is set. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a fun, exciting race. Uh, there There is a handful of, of younger, less experienced drivers that I, I'll be curious to see how much they impact the race simply because of the fact that, you know, one of these guys who are young, if they wreck, you know, you're taking out the entire field and that's not what you want. You you don't want, you don't want one of these young guys. And we saw that in the second duel, which yeah. started very late last night. But, uh, you, if you're one of these guys who has a chance to win, yes. you don't want one of these guys who's running 30th to take these, out half the field and you be part of it. Starts. Yeah, yeah, for you sure, know? for sure. So, and that's what happened essentially last night. That's what happened in, in the the second duel. Okay. And because of that, William Byron, who was going to start second in the Daytona 500, will now start in the back of the field because he had to go to a backup car. Wow. So if you go to a backup car, you lose your starting spot and you got to drop back to the back of the field. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that? I mean, because I get it. Like, it makes for a more entertaining weekend, I, I guess, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's something to watch, I suppose, just qualifying. But how do you feel about, like, that whole thing? I love the duels. You okay. know, personally, uh, I, I wish there was more at stake when it came to the duels. Okay. Right now, the way NASCAR works is that you have what's called a charter system, where 36 of the spots in every race throughout the course of the entire season are already locked in mm-hmm. based on these teams that have charters. Okay. Some of them are the teams you know. Sure. Some of the teams you don't know that are just out there making a paycheck and are guaranteed to get in every single race. So essentially you had eight guys vying for four spots over the course of single car qualifying and then the duels. Okay. Not to get too uh, in-depth into it. But I, I'd like to see more of those spots up for grabs. You know, with less charters, you'd get a you'd get a more competitive duel sure. and more excitement. Now, maybe that means more wrecks. Maybe not. Yeah. But, you know, you would have more at stake instead of just – you know, four guys fighting for two spots in each of those races. But interesting. Yeah, right. I, I like that, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's in depth analysis right there. Yeah, I appreciate we'll, it, we'll throw throw a little NASCAR in there for you. But I, the real reason I came up here was uh, I, I'm a vessel to toss to an, a conversation I had earlier this week. <laughs> hey, man, you're more than a vessel now. Uh, okay, know, we 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 value you here on ESPN six nine. Well, I do appreciate yeah. that. I, I love talking NASCAR. It's a well known fact. And, and, and by the way, is, did you bring a can koozie at Daytona International? It was. Uh, I mean, if this guy's not ready for it was very much on for brand. Racing weekend. I was like. I'm, I'm definitely going to bring the, the koozie. Yeah. Bring the Daytona koozie. I like that. One, one of the real ones, the, the thick foam ones, the quality those, uh, ones. Those are going to float in the middle of the ocean if you had to. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. If you're fishing, those are, those are floating all day. I can attest that from real-life experience. There you having go. Having grown up with a boat in South Florida. Those things go. float, thankfully. Um, but what I, what I was saying, getting to, is uh, luckily I get the chance to talk to some, some NASCAR drivers this week. And yeah. uh, included in that group is Joey Logano, the 2015 Daytona 500 champion. I had a chance to to catch up with him earlier this week and kind of get his thoughts on the week great, leading up to the Great American Race. Joined now by Joey Logano, the 2015 Daytona 500 champion. And when you get set to race the Daytona, you always get that announced ahead of your name. Right, Joey? 
it's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm okay with that. So uh, hopefully we can put two time in front of that. That would not be bad at all. For the first time in a long time, we're talking about practice. What was that like today? You guys actually got a, a chance to go out there for a practice session instead of going out there in a race and points that matter. You actually got to tinker around a little bit. What was today like? Oh, we're talking about practice, finally. Uh, it's been, I think, 10 months or so, maybe even longer since we've got to uh, go out there and just, you know, have a chance to work on our car a little bit. You know, here being Daytona, you know, what you work on is, is quite a bit different and, and a lot of different variables uh, comparable to, you know, a, um, you know, to a, an Atlanta or a Vegas that's coming up. You know, practice might be even more useful at those racetracks than even here in Daytona. But, hey, we'll take what we can get at this point. And, uh, you know, I feel like our car, um, you know, handled good. We tried some new things to see if it works in qualifying. That's, that's kind of uh, all we're able to get done. You got to think 55 minutes. It's not a very long time to make some runs, come in, uh, make changes, and go back out. You kind of run out of time pretty quickly. That being said, NASCAR has kind of made it a point not to change too much stuff from last year to this year without the lack of testing. Obviously, they pushed back the the next-gen car for another year. How much from what you learned in 2020 are you going to be able to apply to this upcoming season? Yeah, it's really more more so than ever, right? Typically, you know, like you said, when you had practice – you're, you're constantly evolving. The cars keep getting better. Um, now that I, I feel like it's harder to come from behind. In other words, like if you're a little bit off in speed, it's really hard to recover now um, without practice. So, you know, I, it's, it's more so carries over year to year now or track to track more so than ever because there's no practice. Yeah, no doubt. So every other year, you've made it into the Final Four in the NASCAR playoffs. Are you just throwing this year away and getting ready for 2022, or are you going to try and break that trend? Yeah, we're going to try to break the trend this year. <laughs> I don't know how that trend happens, what, what that's all about. I have no idea, but uh, we hope to, to break that trend and be in the championship four again. And to join the exclusive list of multi-winners at the Daytona 500 would be a very special thing. It's very rare that you get guys like Denny who, you know, have won back-to-back in, in three out of five. But uh, what would a second win in the 500 mean for you in your career? Yeah, I mean, Daytona 500 is, you know, it's one of the biggest races, if not the biggest race of the year, um, for all of us to, to line up and go for it. And anything can happen, right? I've, I've been in the lead and gotten crashed. I've been running fifth and gotten crashed. It, you know, some people wait and, 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 you know, hopefully they crash in front of them and they drive through it and they have a car to race at the end. Um, there's, there's a lot of different strategies on how to get through this race. But it's such an intense race. That's what it is. It's, it's, everybody knows what's on the line. Everyone wants their name on that Harley J. Earl Trophy uh, with the pioneers of our sport. And so everyone's pushing it hard, literally pushing each other pretty hard. Uh, and eventually, you know, someone's going to get turned sideways in front of the field. And when you're going 200 miles an hour, you're going to run into them, uh, most likely. And so that's just kind of the situation that, that happens here in Daytona sometimes. What are your thoughts on this kind of condensed schedule for speed weeks this year? They're going with a race every single night. And kind of the, the weird thing is qualifying tonight, the 500 duels tomorrow night, but then the race is during the day on Sunday. So these two kind of sessions, if you will, are going to be very different from what you see on the track come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it, as, uh, you know, maybe this practice we just had, you know, earlier in the daytime, um, you know, when it's hot out, might be closer to what it's going to be like in the Daytona 500, more so than what the duels will be tomorrow night. Um, so just don't know exactly how that's going to be quite yet. But, um, 
you know, definitely something that, um, you know, we'll keep our eyes on is the weather. And here in Florida, it changes by the second a lot of times. You know, who knows? It could rain at any second, it seems like, down here. But, um, you know, we'll keep our eyes on that and see, um, you know, right now it looks like the forecast Sunday might be cooling off some. So maybe it'll be closer than what we think, but time will tell. Joey Logano, thank you so much, and good luck on Sunday. Thank you. Have a good one. That is Stuart Weber and Joey Logano, 2015 Daytona 500 champion. Logano, not Weber. What? Uh, in an I might have won that year. Here this week, because <laughs> Daytona, yeah, Daytona 500 weekend uh, is here. Uh, Stuart, what's the we- is the weather so bad that they're not going to race even tonight? The uh, trucks, you got Xfinity racing tomorrow. And the 500, by the way, could get moved up to a noontime race. I can tell you this. Either way, our show has been moved up to 11 a.m. We'll have a one-hour Road to Victory Lane show on Fox 30, 11 o'clock on Sunday. But we'll find out, I think, Stuart, unless something's changed since I've been driving, uh, tomorrow afternoon, the exact start time of the race, but it could be noon instead of 3 o'clock, correct? Yeah, that's the scuttlebutt that we are hearing out on the street, is that it, it could get pushed up as early as uh, tomorrow afternoon. There, As of right now, everything's still on track. I mean, the Xfinity Series practice, I was watching that a little earlier. we got the truck race coming up tonight. They already did qualifying for that, so they're on track, literally and figuratively, for the week. All right, a couple of things real quick, guys. You want to see the Valentine's headline of the weekend? Uh, this out of Miami. Authorities are searching for a Florida man accused of stealing an engagement ring and a wedding ring from one of his girlfriends and using them to propose to another girlfriend. I respect the hustle. Oh, Florida man. I respect <laughs> the hustle, man. Hey, do what you got to do. Uh, Sometimes get upgraded. Hey, like, is that like uh, a public uh, one other... <laughs> Yeah, that's very good. And you would probably find that, Weber. I would. Yes, I would. Uh, I, I got to tell this story real quick. Austin tweets something out today, and maybe the competition retweeted him. And within 30 seconds, both Austin and Stewart both sent that tweet to me. Yeah. Yep. You can go figure it out for yourself, folks. Well, but, by the uh, way, I hey, had Austin, a I have a question well. about that. Are, are, I saw that. Are you being recruited is the question. Should we be concerned? <sighs> Brent, you know, I can't really diverge too much. All all you should know right now, the scouting report saying that I'm twitchy, um, I'm long-limbed, uh, I'm bendy, um, and I have some moxie. That's that's what the scouts are telling me right now. Take that for how you want. If you're worried about it, let's have a conversation. If you're not, just sit back and see what happens. I've never been described as any of those words. Oh, oh you should try it, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay. Get a little twitchy on you. Get as, as, hey, Hey, you, as long as you're not long-levered, and I can promise you this, by next week, you'll be going to Moe's on ESPN 690 as well. <laughs> there you go. Cut the check, baby. Cut the check. Some of the, some of the best we'll be back. out Action there. Sports Jackson. Hey, we got to stop and get gas. We'll be back. we got to take a break. Thanks, Weber, for stopping in. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau. So it's not stuck in there. No, it's not stuck in there. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
you know, I'm no different than anybody else. I still want to do do the process the right way, and obviously it's not um, like the original plan was to have, you know, two months training out in California, then come back March 11th and, and put on a show and do all that, but life happens sometimes. So just having to adjust and showing I'm able to adjust and adapt and still willing to come out here and throw and um, give teams a chance to see me, that, that was important to me and important to my team to make sure we made that happen, and obviously it wasn't necessarily the ideal situation and circumstances, but I think we, we did a great job of just kind of maneuvering and navigating through all that. That is Trevor Lawrence, future Jags quarterback, coming off his uh, pro day. <laughs> What's the matter? I'll tell you what, man. So you, you mentioned a tweet that I had that a certain company retweeted. Yeah. We did some more research on it. They deleted it now. Oh, they deleted the tweet? They, they, they deleted it. Somebody they got in trouble. The tweet? Somebody <laughs> got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, That's it's, awesome. it is no longer on their timeline, Brent. Hey, Brent, you, I'll tell you what, man. The SPN 690 brand living rent-free in some heads right now. <laughs> living rent-free. Sweet and everything, living rent-free in some people's heads. That's all I'm going to say about it. So I'm going to say uh, that's funny. That that was a funny moment. It, a hilarious moment about that was that you both texted me yeah. that same thing at the same time. And uh, I hadn't seen it. Yeah. So, um, hey, fans of you. Oh, maybe the show. <laughs> well, hey, you know how I feel about it. Maybe a more professional uh, gentleman would have been like, oh, thank you for the shout-out. I appreciate it. Nah, man. Nah, man. If you do that, you slip up. We're going to war. It is what it is, man. ESPN 690 for life. The syndicate's got our back. <laughs> Love it. Very good. Hey, speaking of uh, battles, uh, big weekend in the UFC, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Usman and... Come on, Brent. Get there. Get there. Uh, Burns? Yo! No. Yeah, yes. Burns. Yeah, Burns. Wait, Burns. wait. Hey, did you say Burr or Burns? No, Burns. There it is. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's Good. not Burr. Good. Not no, Burr. no, no. Of course not. And it's Usman. I, that was the harder one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So... This one got my attention. Is that rightfully so? I mean, uh, again, I, I sometimes will get grabbed by the names and the promotion Correct. from ESPN and, and otherwise. But I feel uh, like we've talked about Usman quite a bit. Um, so this one got my attention. Should it have? Um, yeah, you know, it's definitely an intriguing matchup. If you remember, we saw Kamara Usman at uh, Usman. Radio Row. Uh, this would have been last year in Miami. Oh, that that was the whole thing. That was the that, setup. This, yeah. this was you. Oh, hey, this was like. Uh, this is why I wasn't looking for. I mean, we didn't have to talk about this at all, honestly. This, this, this was Santa. This was Easter Bunny. This was the, this was the tooth fairy. We won't say, we won't say anything else. But yeah, that yeah, was that moment. Else. Yeah. This was a big moment for Austin Lane. I've never seen a grown man with a beard oh. and six foot six and two forty five ever look so dejected. Oh, I was pouting. I've never Brent. seen it. Tell him, Brent, how, how much was I pouting that day? <laughs> I was I was not enjoying a be around after that. All right, we got to tell people the story. We can't okay. assume no, no, that, for that, sure. that they they know the story. No, of course. Super Bowl last week. No, bro, we have people year. in Australia tuning in now. Like we have a bunch of new <laughs> listeners here. Let's go ahead and spread the wealth around a little bit and retell this story. So we're in Miami, you know, Radio Row. This would have been my second year at the Super Bowl, um, and I think we just finished our show. 
And at, at the time, Jorge Masvidal was a giant name. He just knocked out Ben Askren with that flying knee. Like, the stock of Jorge Masvidal could not be any bigger. And all of a sudden, after the show, I'm sitting there with Brent. You know, and they're kind of – Brent's talking to somebody. It's some guy in a North Face jacket. Go figure. Everyone was wearing a North Face jacket there. But all of a sudden, I see – In Miami. In Miami. And all, exactly. And all of a sudden, I see Jorge Masvidal um, walk through the door. And to kind of set the scene a little bit of how – Radio Row was set up, it was like a giant square. So on the outside of the square, that was like the walkway. And then on the inside of the square was like we're all like, you know, the, the sports minute people are. That's where we're doing our show and everything. So I'm kind of in the middle of that square, and I see in the walkway that Hori Masvidal is walking. I'm like, oh, man, I, I got to go at least say what's up to Hori Masvidal because, you know, he's he's one of the quote-unquote realest fighters out there. I was a huge fan of his. Um, you know, he was he was fighting back with Kimbo Slice back in the day in backyard fights. Like this is guy, this guy is as real as it gets. I got to talk to Jorge Masvidal, try to get him on the show, but obviously just to say, hey man, I respect what you do. I'm an MMA fighter myself. Props. So go up to Jorge Masvidal and keep in mind he's got the entourage around him. He has a handler that's kind of scheduling all the appointments and everything. So I just say, Jorge, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. I appreciate what you do for the sport. You keep it real. You know, there's some guys out there that want to make this all theatrics, but like you're you're one of the real ones, and 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 I kind of model my game after that. So I appreciate it. And he was very gracious and everything. Um, you know, we we, we spoke in a, a couple words to each other, but I could tell like in the back of his you know in the back of his mind or like looking behind me, like he had to get to something. And where he was standing, there was the ESPN booth, like, like the, the, the main ESPN booth where, you know, everyone's doing their shows. So I figured, all right, I'm sure Jorge Mazos probably got to go to the ESPN booth to, to sell a fight or something like that. So be it. Okay, thanks for your time. So didn't get the interview, obviously. I spoke my piece. As I'm watching Jorge Masvidal exit, you know, our conversation, I can't help but notice, well, hey, you know, and keep in mind, this is a square. On the other side now is Kamar Usman walking. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. There's Kamar Usman out of nowhere. Like, where'd he come from? Now, with any square, there's going to be a point. And both of these guys right now are walking to a point. And I'm like, huh, I think they used to train together an American top team a little bit. They must be good friends. I wonder what's going on. And with, in the blink of an eye, with no word, no warning, they start going back and forth. After I just got done singing to Mahori Masvidal, dude, you're one of the realest guys I ever met. You don't do the fake stuff. I appreciate it. Now we have essentially a stage showdown taking place in the middle of media row, you know, in the middle of radio row. Well, it just so happens that these two fighters end up fighting each other. And who's in the UFC promo to shoot this thing but Brent Martineau? Now, obviously, you know, the, the, the whole quote-unquote showdown went on at radio row. I walked back. I was ticked off, right? Because now I saw how the sausage is made, right? I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. Now I'm, I'm upset because everything that I thought about a fighter turned out to be false. And I'll never forget, Kamara Usman's handler came up to me after, and they're like, "Hey, uh, Kamara's looking to get on some interviews. Are you guys interested?" I go, "No, no, we're okay. Thank you." <laughs> And that was it. So yeah, that was awesome. So so he's fighting this weekend. <laughs> I I've never seen somebody so dejected. It was like, wait a minute. I thought wrestling and AEW and WWE oh, was like this. Man. I was ready for that, but not my sport. Yeah, and man. it took him a little while to get over it. I think he's finally over it. And for me, it's just another claim to fame, quite frankly. Yeah. Because I have been in a uh, a. Tom Brady, I'm going to Disney World commercial, and now I've been in the Usman Masvidal promo. 
Well, so and, uh, yeah. I just put it on my resume tape. And, and listen, I'll never forget it too, because obviously at the time I was I, I was pretty peeved off to say the least. And then when Jorge Masvidal fought Kamar Usman on short notice and that fight went down, I remember I was at a friend's house. Obviously it's pre-COVID time, but I was at a friend's house. It was a giant UFC watch party, and you know we obviously bought the fight and everything. And as they're prepping this fight, it's like and it's time, it's the showdown, and they go back to the Super Bowl video. I wasn't even paying attention to like you know obviously the promo, but one of my friends goes dude isn't that your co-host in the background and i look up i'm like they're at the super bowl i'm like yeah man I'm like let's just go past he's like no let's rewind that because it's on dvr let's go let's bring that's Brent Martin right there i'm like whatever dude whatever man that's so, awesome yeah. all yeah. right so anyway usc to whatever 258 uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah sorry i lost count no you're uh, good Usman. And um, Burns, what you got? What you got? Yeah, yeah. So listen, um, if you're wondering why this is an intriguing matchup, styles make the fights, right, Brent? And Kamar Usman, he he's a grappler through and through. But the cool thing about this is so is Gilbert Burns. So they're both grapplers. Now, here's the cool thing about this fight, though. Sometimes fighters cross train, right? Sometimes they cross pass in, 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 you know, in practice where they'll spar each other a little bit. These guys are former teammates, these guys have over 200 rounds of sparring together. And it's one thing if you have a couple rounds where it's like, okay, I can kind of see what this guy's going to do a little bit. Like, you never really get the idea of the type of fighter he is in sparring, right? Especially maybe after two or three rounds because you don't show everything. But when we talk over 200 rounds of live sparring together, you know a lot about that guy. Right. And only they know. I mean, listen, and, and obviously there's a confidence there. Right. Or maybe there's not a confidence, depending how those sparring sessions went. But like they know each other wholeheartedly. They, they know everything about each other. So that's the intriguing part of this matchup where stylistically, yeah, they're not really power punchers per se. They're really great strikers, but they're not going to you know, go for that knockout. They're great grapplers. They're great jujitsu artists per se, especially Gilbert Burns. But it begs the question, what happens when you know everything about your opponent? That's what we find out this weekend at UFC 258. I kind of like that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that will be a good uh, part of it to watch. And, and who did the homework better, who's got a better memory of that stuff, uh, potentially could fall into place here. You just said Gilbert Burns. I think of Gilbert Arenas. Is there another <laughs> Gilbert the big in sports? Zero. Like, oh, man. I mean, I think of Gilbert Godfrey, but he's not a sports that's guy. That's what I was about to say. Uh, and then I think no, of I knew, I knew somebody Green. was going to say that. Uh I knew that was coming. Yes. That's not sports. I'm no, talking sports. I hear sports. you. I hear you. Ah, oh, man. I mean, there's Brandon Albert, <laughs> but Gilbert. Shout out to the Jaguars, <laughs> by the way. Um, uh, it, hey, hey, wasn't a Gilbert, a last name Gilbert, um, ah, Gilbert, Gilbert, tennis player. Look him up. Wait a second. I, wasn't he like a coach of like Agassi and others, I think? Brent. Not Tony Gilbert. Um uh, Maybe, what? okay. Uh, I'm trying to press you right now. This is not an athlete. I think he's a musician. Is there a Brantley Gilbert? Brad Gilbert is the tennis. Oh, yeah. Is, is there a Brantley Brad Gilbert? Brad Gilbert. And, yes, there is a Brantley Gilbert. <laughs> I mean, yes, there is a Brantley I can Gilbert. talk it all. Very good. And is this station higher in country? By the way, Brantley Gilbert. DJ? Yeah, yes. You, do, do we have a country try DJ next, at Cox we Media? Don't, oh. we, don't ha- we don't have a uh, country um, station uh, entity. Yet. Yeah. Hey, Brent, uh, so yet. You can't do that. Not yet. <laughs> hey, by the way, if they get a country entity, it might be ESPN 690 moving to country. <laughs> so hopefully that's not happening anytime soon. But you asked a question. What did you ask earlier in the show? we got to answer that when we come back. 
Have you ever snuck you in any place? We never got to it. Yeah. Do you have any stories? Oh, about yeah. You sneak in, you know, go behind the scenes a little bit to get a story. Or maybe in your youth, you just kind of right, broke I'll the rules a little that. bit. Please do. How about that? That'll be give me one thing when we come back. Let's Action Sports Shacks, plus a final take on Trevor Lawrence Pro Day on the way on ESPN 690. For a while now, he watched him live in 2019 around the time when they played Ohio State in that semifinal. They came away very impressed, thinking, hey, this would be a great NFL prospect that I could potentially coach one day. Um, and so it, it's worked out, and, and that's a big reason why he took the job, to be honest. Um, you get a chance to get a franchise quarterback. And so Jacksonville will be live in person today to watch him. It'll be about 15 to 20 teams, I'm told, several of whom are picking in the top 10, but likely won't have a shot at Trevor Lawrence because everybody knows where he's going. Yeah, so that's just a wasted trip for everybody else. Um, not a wasted trip for us, so you could make the argument. <laughs> Sorry, we're like the rest of the NFL teams. We saw what you saw. We'll get hey. what you got. Kind of nothing. Hey, listen, when Brent Martineau wants a Todd McShay interview, you better believe Brent Martineau's getting that interview, baby. All right? He'll he'll go through hell or high water to give you guys the audio that you deserve from Todd McShay. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, it was good, too. Go back and listen to the Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 podcast. You can listen around the uh, 20 minutes into the first hour. Also, you can listen to Steve Smith talking about Trevor sure. Lawrence because – I TMZ'd those guys, and I got them to talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, is there video with those two? Because I love to see the reactions as you're chasing them down uh, with with the camera and everything like that. Yeah, well, we do have video, but not of the actual. <laughs> hey, this is actually kind of funny. I haven't tweeted this out yet, but we're sitting there in the parking lot across the way, kind of where they told us to park, and we're doing some live shots in uh this morning on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Got a story, by the way, coming up uh, in sports all night long on, on CBS 47 and Fox 30 as well on the entire pro day. But uh, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, there's a kid in, like, an orange Clemson shirt, and then the guy next to him has, like, a black jersey on. And I'm like, hey, that looks like a Jags jersey. Yeah. Like, that is a Jags jersey. I like he it. He had a DJ Chark jersey on. I was like, what are you doing? Are you from Jacksonville? He said, no, nah, I go to school here. My parents were born or, or lived in Cle- uh, Jacksonville when I was born. And so I'm a Jags fan, and I go to Clemson. So he had a DJ Chark jersey on. It was so random. I like <laughs> and I it. Sat, I pulled the phone out, and I started interviewing him. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share it. I was, like, peppering him with questions, like, why are you wearing a DJ Chark jersey? <laughs> sure, sure. But it was, uh, it was kind well, of a funny moment. Well, and you know what? And let's be honest here, Brent. In terms of the bandwagon right now, obviously the Jaguars bandwagon is starting to fill up. And usually you know how I feel about these things. You experienced this with Kyler Murray this past season, right? I mean, it got to the point where the guy was playing so unconsciously that I had to close the bandwagon down, and I had to take off, and I had to leave you and a bunch of people behind. With the Jaguars bandwagon, though, man, I'm an equal opportunity employer. Everybody's welcome on. Uh, it's going to be at the station for a while, and we are welcoming anybody that wants to get on this Jaguars bandwagon because you know why, Brent? It takes all of us, man, and the more the merrier. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, Brent Martineau here on the road, driving back in South Carolina. Coos, our video should be back up. Uh, well, our video went down a couple of times, but outside of that, we had few, knock on wood, technical issues here on the road. First ever 
actual road trip show, like literally on the road, Marcel Robinson driving. Uh, I haven't sat here other than to, um, uh, you know, be here when Kaylee's driving. You know, she's about to get her license in April, and she's got her permit. And so the only time I've sat in my own passenger seat in the truck is now and when Kaylee's driving. And I'll say this, Austin. I think Kaylee might be a better driver than Marcel. Okay. <laughs> well, as, as someone who's rode with Marcel a couple times on a couple long trips, no comment, let's just say. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm obviously busting his chops and did a good job oh, no, here so great. we could do the show. And, yeah, yeah. And it's actually been very slow going. A lot of traffic in South Carolina. We got some rain falling now. So, uh, unfortunately, we, we haven't got pulled over. I hope we don't now because if we're going to get pulled over, I want to get pulled over live yeah, on the yeah, show. Yeah. And so hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, hey, Trevor Lawrence, he it looked pretty healthy even though he's going to have surgery. And he's definitely coming to Jacksonville is what I learned today. Give me one thing. You asked, have you ever illegally or snuck into something? Like, like people sneak into the movie theater sometimes. That's harder to do now, right? Correct. I feel like I've done that in the oh, past as a kid. Oh, <laughs> what a badass Brett Martin is. Okay, but here's the thing. When you ask me that, I don't think – I can't remember a specific instance. Like, the Masters has a very tight, like, security that you're not allowed to do stuff. I thought I was actually going outside the grounds of the Masters one time. Yeah. And and so I did it where the ticket stuff was behind us and people were walking in. And so I'm thinking I'm, I'm like, going by the rules. And I am in the middle of my sports cast. And a guy, a security guy, comes over and starts moving me. Otherwise, <laughs> you can't do that here. I'm like, dude, give me 30 more seconds. I only have two and a half minutes in the show. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so I didn't even know I was trying to do it. <laughs> I would say the number one place I would sneak into as a kid was the golf course. I'd try to sneak on. I just didn't have the money to play, so I would sneak on the golf course. I got you. I like you? it. I mean, dude, I, I have way too many stories uh, to break it down right now. But, <laughs> but, but what I'm going to share, uh, New Orleans Super Bowl party, it was the ESPN party. And the way it works is you, you can bring a plus one. Well, I had two friends with me. So what we did is we Googled uh, the punter of the Buffalo Bills. Because why would the punter of the Buffalo Bills be in New Orleans at a Super Bowl party? We, we gave my my friend that guy's name and then we found a random girl who's already at the party and said hey can you walk in with my friend and say that he forgot his id and say that guy is sean powell it worked shout out to sean powell didn't go to the spm party but we said one of my friends was you punter from the buffalo bills man we appreciate it you got us in that is a great story uh very good well done to get into a super bowl party i haven't tried that yet maybe i will soon enough next year hey, have a good next weekend year. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. We'll see you on TV all weekend long. Follow our Daytona 500 coverage. Trevor Lawrence Day in the books. We'll see Trevor in April with a number one pick. Have a good night, everybody.